Hi there, dad number one, Brett here. We had an issue capturing Tyler's audio cleanly this week, and there are going to be some peaks in this recording that I was not able to massage out fully. So if you're listening with earbuds in, just wanted to give you a heads up. There will be a few peaks throughout the recording where he gets excited and it's just, it's going to get loud for a second. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Doing one last watch of it beforehand and uh, just getting my last little bit of uh, deep dives and I was starting to fall asleep. <laughs> Sarah's in the side, she's like, hey, like what? I'm like, am I sleeping? She goes, yeah, you're starting to. <laughs> Where are you drooling, though? That's the most important part. <laughs> no, I'm not much of a drooler when I sleep. <laughs> I have no clue if I am anymore or not. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. And host a podcast, we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They want you to take the roles. Yes, we do want you to take the roles. So take all of the rolls that you can and stuff them in your pockets. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, a weekly deep dive into that seminal 1990s uh, sitcom that explored Corey Matthews and his world. Welcome back in. I am Dad number one this week, Brett, and joined with me in his brand new recording studio. It's Tyler. It's not that brand new. <laughs> Brand new to us and the good-looking people at home, though. I mean, this is week number two. That's true. Yeah. So Very how's true. it going, Tyler? That's going all right. Um, I'm going to start off a little somber, if that's okay with you, Brett. Go for it. Um, We've got that nice, mellow new intro that uh, we're still getting used to, so start off somber. Well, but last time we recorded, um, I had found out something that day that I hadn't fully processed yet, and I kind of put it aside. And so I've had a chance to process it, and I want to talk about it, if it's okay. Um, for it. Oh, by the way, you're wearing a shark shirt. We are. We're, we're wearing a shark shirt. We're Yay! twins. We're twinning, yes. <laughs> um, so back to the somber. Um, Matthew Perry, who famously played Chandler Bing from the mm -hmm. show Friends, uh, ran for a long time, uh, passed away last week. Um, mm -hmm. Chandler's my favorite character from Friends. Uh, I would say that I'm probably most like him, um, both in good ways and bad. But, uh, you know, he's one of those... Uh, the character itself of Chandler Big is an inspirational one. He's one that starts off as a giant wreck and then kind of transforms over the years and has a true character arc and becomes a real boy, you could say, at the end of the show. Um... Matthew Perry is someone who had demons and struggled mightily throughout uh, his dealing with his fame and was very open and honest about that. Um, and has reflected a lot over the years. And I very much respect what he was trying to do, uh, not just as an actor, but as a person to try to help other people. Um, you know, and so often that whenever famous people pass away, you, you start to hear more about the good that they did over time. You know, you hear about things that uh, that they would do and they would say. And 
normally there's a bit of a, a BS radar I, I'll have over this. You know, like when certain famous people pass away, you know, all I've heard my whole life is nothing but horrible things about that person. And then they pass away and then it's, oh, too quickly, too quickly this person was taken from us. And they did so much to change the world. And you're like, but all you said up until they they died was bad things. And now, oh my gosh, it's horrible today. But, you know, truly, I would put Matthew Perry in a category of someone that passed away way too quickly and could have given so much more back to the world. And I think he wanted to. So mm -hmm. I'm very sad that he passed and I wished uh, he hadn't. But unfortunately, you know, he is just now in a long line of famous people who is hitting an age where death is more common. And unfortunately, you know, he's the first friends to pass and it's not going to be long before the other friends start to trickle away as well. So mm -hmm. and it's just part of the reality of life. We don't know how much time we have and we have to cherish every moment we get. Yeah. I mean, normally celebrity deaths don't hit me all that hard. Um, but Matthews did. I, I know he was a rather tormented individual. He had a lot of demons that he worked through. And actually the day that he passed, um, unbeknownst to me, um, I had already started rewatching a show of his that only aired for a year uh, called Go On. And the, the whole purpose of the show is uh, he is a sports broadcaster who has lost his wife. And he has to go through uh, grief counseling. And the, I mean, it's, it is a, it's, it's really a fantastic, wholesome and very healing show that I would very highly recommend good looking people to check out. Um, and, uh, I, I was two, two episodes in before I saw on Twitter that it had happened. And so, um, don't really know where I was going with that, but, uh, but yeah, definitely one of those few celebrities where, uh, it, it just seems genuinely too soon. And, uh, even though he did have his torment, it was, he did bring a lot of love and a lot of light and a lot of laughter to the world. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot that's been said over the years about the cast of friends and how close are they actually? And, you know, there being rifts between all the friends. But uh, I don't know if you've watched the reunion on uh, Max mm -hmm. now. Um, but one of the things that he says openly is, anytime I would see any of you guys, my night was done, and all I wanted to do was talk to you guys. Like, I didn't care who else was in the room. My whole focus was catching up with you and sharing time with you guys. So, mm -hmm. um you know, there's still, there's a lot of love in that. And, you know, your heart just kind of breaks for those people and all of his loved ones. So, yep. Yeah. So, so. good looking people. Uh, if, if you're, if you're mourning this loss, we mourn with you. If, uh, if you're not, we understand. And, uh, thank you for processing with us. And, uh, yeah. yeah we, uh, well, well, and, and we've talked about this before one of the reasons that we want to do this podcast is because we we want to give credit to 
um, the actors and, and the writers and, and the people who really brought the, a show together that influenced us so much, both as young kids and as young adults and still as parents. As you old know. adults. Yes. <laughs> At least on my Oh, I feel, I feel I'm turning into an older adult every day. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, we want to give kudos to this, this show and the more positivity we can put out about this show, I think is the better. Indeed. So speaking of shows, Brett, uh, someone had a show this week. How was it? Yes. Uh, it was very, very enjoyable. Um, Abby was, uh, a character of good looking people. I don't know if you've ever heard of a little, uh, play based on a book called Peter and the star catcher. It is a, a prequel story to Peter Pan. It's uh, an origin story. Take some liberties with the source material if you've only been exposed to Disney's version, or even if you've been exposed to the original. Take some liberties. So you got to go in knowing that. But a lot of laughter, a lot of British accents, and in the second act, Abby gets to play a very British villain known as King Prawn. And uh, we we laughed a lot. We enjoyed the show. Uh, fantastic performance. And so as I'm recording, they just finished up the second of four shows. And so, uh, yeah, just a, a great performance all around. And they've got a couple of really, really solid performers in the cast that are just uh, I would do the chef's kiss. You know, we're on video. Um, there, we are now uh, on video, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're on video now, so I forgot I can do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, their, their lead for Black Stash, who is Captain Hook before he became Captain Hook, is uh, he's he's Black been Stash. in several productions, yes. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not giving anything away, but he's... He's he's just uh, he's he's got that fantastic timing. <laughs> what are you doing? I have a mustache. You're a giant shark. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, they always do a good job with with their theater department, and this this is uh, right up there with all the other performances they've done. So, Tyler, how nice. are uh, things on your end of the of the world? Oh, not too bad. Everyone's been healthy, so that makes us happy. Um, trying to get caught up on things like dishes and laundry, which is stuff that feels like sitcoms never have to actually deal with consistently. It just magically always happens. And not unless they've done never and... done laundry before. Yeah. What about my life? It's either black and it's white either a super shirt? big deal or it's always done and perfect so but yeah the cycle is real man the cycle is real mm -hmm. <laughs> yes it i is. like spent most of this week going i think i have one i think i have one clean shirt can't find it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i finally am and in my schedule finally have some time to have like relaxing time so like trying to do some stuff and like be productive and like get things done around the house, but also like chilling out and not stressing out about everything. So 
I think we're finally starting to find a balance. Excellent. Yeah, it's always good. It's going to get ruined here in a few days once I start getting into hunting season, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, oh, well, I think we should hit this with that synopsis. I think we should, too. So let's break down. We are going to look at episode 12 of season three. Good looking people. We are halfway through season three. And uh, we're going to start off with, you know what? I thought I got a little something here for that. <laughs> episode 12 of season three, the grass is always greener. So feeling uncomfortably domesticated, Corey forsakes a date with Topanga for a boys' night out at another school's party and is mistaken for Sean, an error he fails to correct when he sees how popular it makes him. However, Corey is surprised to find out that he's not the only one there pretending to be someone else. Now, this episode was written by Donna Trujillo, directed by Jeff McCracken, Originally aired January the 12th, 1996, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.0. Now, I tested this out earlier this evening. <laughs> Tyler, are you ready to play America's Favorite Game Show? Vast Emotional Damage. Yes. America's favorite game show, Vast Emotional Damage. Last week's uh, episode pulled in 19.6 million viewers as the first episode of the new year, 1996. How many million viewers do you think this episode brought in, Tyler? Well, I know we had 19 last week, but I feel like we have a little bit of a drop off. I'm going to go just with Chris. 18 milligan. 18. Well, you'd still won on the prices right. Uh, we only dropped by 0. 0.3, 19.3 million. Nice. Yes. So you don't end this round with vast emotional damage. Just a little emotional damage. <laughs> All right. Nice. So let's dive right in. Dive right in. Yeah, so we're going to open up in the Matthews living room as Topanga and Amy are on the couch watching a sad movie, which has commonly been known as a chick flick. Okay. And we, no, hold uh, on. <laughs> I take umbrage with that, sir. Full-blown Dolores, or, or Dolores Do, umbrage, okay? Dolores umbrage. <laughs> Dolores. I don't know what I'm saying there, but uh, because... I get that in the 90s, a rom-com was just referred to as a chick flick, and only girls like chick flicks. But rom-coms, as in romantic comedies, can be enjoyed by all. And I do mean all, as in me. I like rom-coms. So people have a problem with rom-coms, come at me, bro. Now, straight up, just romance movies that are just dramatically romantic that I don't have time for, okay? But, like, if it's, like, a true rom-com where, yes, there's romance, but there's also people trying to be funny, got all day for that. A lot of Am Sandler movies. Yeah. A lot of Will Smith movies, you know. 
Anna Kendrick, you know, there's a lot of great rom-coms out there, but as far as, like, from what I'm hearing of this movie, it's just a straight-up, I want to be with you, you can't be with me, but I want to. Uh, The line that I jotted down was, I don't have to be alive to love you. Yes. So, a sappy movie like that, that's more of an Oscar Beatty type romance movie. Those are the ones I have problems with. Corey actually calls it a classic, so... uh, Yes. Well, we'll see. In fact, um, Corey has fallen asleep. Corey! You're drooling! No, no, I, I, I was crying. Through my mouth. Oh, Tyler, have you ever tried to use that an excuse that that bold? Have I ever fallen asleep during a movie? Yes, Brett. Yes, I have. More than one occasion. Um, have I drooled through it? Most likely. Have I given I an excuse? I fell asleep watching a TV no. show just the other day. <laughs> I fall asleep on the couch way too quickly nowadays. Yeah, I fell asleep watching a movie with the kids the other day. So, yeah. I am nice. Corey in this situation. Hey, do you remember when you were in your 20s, you used to make fun of your dad and you'd fall asleep on the couch? Oh, I remember taking now, pictures of him and posting it to the And internet. now you're that dad? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we find out Eric is going to come in and rescue Corey because this is actually on Super Bowl Sunday. Drooling, crying through his mouth, Corey, it's Super Bowl Sunday and Eric is going to rescue him. Uh, he's saving a life. And I clipped their conversation in the kitchen. You and Topanga spent the last three Friday nights at home tearing up at chick flicks. Excuse me, last Friday night, if you recall, Topanga and I spent a lovely evening at home watching no TV whatsoever. You made jam! It was preserves, Eric. It was preserves. There's a nifty little recipe in this couple's magazine. See? I told them I was married to get a subscription discount. Are you blind in the eyes, man? Huh? And you and Topanga are turning into an old, boring couple. Eric, Topanga and I have been going out for five months, all right? And in our circle, we are considered young and hip. Hun, how are the muffins doing? I'll stick a fork in them, hun. Hey, 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 hey. You go near that oven, I'll stick a fork in you. You wouldn't. Oh, I'd be doing you a favor. Oh, stop being such a Weisenheimer. Who said that? You did, Pops. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and Alan Matthews is willing to watch the the game on the small TV upstairs. Yeah. I don't know how much I buy that. (laughs) Yeah. I get that uh, the actor uh, who plays Rusty has to not be on set for the day because he has potentially other contractual agreements he has to deal with. But I don't think that Alan Matthews would ever watch the Super Bowl on a small TV in his own home. I could see him going to Chubby's like he does in the future or at a bar, but I cannot see him ever watching it. Not upstairs, no. Unless I would believe if they had said he's at Gordy's house because their tradition mm-hmm. is going to Gordy's house and no one else wanted to go this year. Unless they got a new TV in his and Amy's room, I can't see it. <laughs> like Michael Scott's TV. <laughs> Push it in. 
<laughs> just watch if you if you bring it out. It's fully. It's like a whole new TV. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite bloopers ever. Oh yes. <laughs> Anywho. So, Corey and Topanga are an old married fogey couple, and Corey's yeah. using words like Weisenheimer. <laughs> That's terrific. I wish I wish Corey would still talk like this even after they break up. <laughs> but Brett, I, have you ever made jam or muffins with your wife? Um, not those specifically, but we've we've done stuff that old folks do together. Yeah. Right, like you've done like a cooking thing together though, like yeah. outside of just making a dinner, right? Yes, yes, we have. Yeah. Those things are fun and enjoyable. They are. A way to but bond at 15, together. At 15 years old, that's not something that you most normal 15-year-olds do. I don't disagree with that, yo. Yeah. Especially now this this is definitely Eric being um not the worst version of Eric like we saw a couple of weeks back. No, he he is trying to support his brother. Although mm-hmm. I'll get to my thoughts on this whole situation later, but yes, at the yeah. moment he is trying to do what he thinks is right for his Yeah. You made jam. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll move into the school. And Corey is Desperate for details on Sean's weekend. And, uh, okay, he's kind of creepily like, give me all the details. Help me out. As if, like, for lack of better wording, he has been married for years and Topanga has refused to sleep with him. Like, I, what is happening? Corey's just, we, we can tell already, Corey is just. As much as he enjoys being in this relationship with Topanga, there we, we can tell there's something missing for him. We find out Sean had six dates over the course of the weekend. How's that possible? Well, yeah, you average out to two a day. You got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But still... That's a lot of dating for one weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Sean is no rocket Scientologist, but he can tell there's something wrong with Corey. (laughs) We're going to leave that joke there. Yeah. But he can tell just by looking at Corey that uh, Corey and Topanga double dated with Alan and Amy. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Corey's very quick to push back just on Friday and Saturday, Sunday, it was just them at the mall and Topanga bought him slacks. There's just more old man language. No 15 year old calls pants slacks. <laughs> no, but also no 15 year old should have his girlfriend buying him clothes. No. And, uh, Sean has Sean has a, an idea. What am I the world's biggest expert on? Nothing. Really not anything. I clipped that because Sean really just left himself open for that one. Uh, but Sean is the world's biggest expert on love. That, <laughs> At least in his uh, mind. Uh, let's disagree to disagree, Sean. You're an expert in what it means to 
have fun and be lustful and all that jazz. But love, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, Sean may be the world's biggest expert on lust, but definitely not love. Flirting. Maybe a 15-year-old's idea of love. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, he does uh, fall in love five times a day. That's right. <laughs> but Corey, Corey confesses he feels like he's lost his edge. He's not the same old dangerous Corey. You know, kind of a throwback to Danger Boy, maybe. And so Sean's got this invitation to a party at Hamilton High. And uh, he's going to take Corey. Could, Brett, can you and I, just for the sake of simplicity, just refer to this as a dance? Yes. Because this is a dance. <laughs> and I don't know yeah, why they're party. having a dance on a Monday, but it's a dance. It just yeah. is. Yeah. And it's... But Corey's already got plans with Topanga, so he's uh, Sean's gonna try and, and push him to get out of it. And I've got I've got this clipped as well. Come on, there she is now. Why don't you go talk to her? Okay, I will. But this is not gonna be easy. The key is to be direct and vague, yet obvious and subtle. Most important, I must stick to my guns no matter what she throws at me. Hi, Corey. I can't go. Corey, about tonight, um, can we reschedule? Some of the girls are getting together, and if it's all right Oh, with don't, you... don't speak, don't speak. If you need to get together with the girls of your gender, I, I completely understand. Corey, have you been reading Couples Magazine? I took the quiz in the back. 95. <laughs> 95? Is that your score or your age? Sean with the burn. 95, is that your score or your age? But Corey gets out of the the date, the plans that they already have, because Topanga is, wants to break the plans as well. How very yeah. convenient. Wonder very if that's convenient, not indeed. foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, but Corey, this is, goes back to a problem for Corey. He's had since the beginning of the show. He is not good when it comes to confrontation and potentially disappointing somebody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mind getting away with a scam, but he doesn't want to disappoint specific people and upset them. Yeah, he's he definitely avoids confrontation whenever he can. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely avoids confrontation. Yeah, <sighs> uh, but then we move on to Eric. Yeah, <laughs> Eric, Eric has quite an interesting uh, <laughs> subplot. This may be the first B plot in a while, Brett, that both of us are you know okay with <laughs> yes i do enjoy this b plot with eric um he's late gear turning in his of mice and men paper to uh mr turner his journalism project to uh eli and mr williams who uh i always want just want to call him eli but I'll, I'll go with his teacher name mr williams who eric just wants to walk with him and tell him about it and uh his history essay, he turned that in, but uh-huh. um, clearly it's not quite accurate. Yeah. And he just wants a break, and Dr. Sorrell is willing to give him one. What am I the world's that biggest expert? Not the what right am I the clip. world's biggest expert? <laughs> Matthews, I'll cut you some slack. Don't bother showing up to chemistry anymore. 
Just blow up something at home and bring it in. I love Dr. Sorrell, and he's back for his last, uh, the last episode we'll see him in, so let's enjoy mm-hmm. him while we have him. Hey, but I gotta be honest, his excuse for Mr. Turner's class is pretty valid. He's been to every pet store, and the book's just not there. No, but he did find this land turtles pamphlet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but can we be real for a moment? Does that not sound like an Eric thing of like, oh, I gotta get this thing. It's of mice and men. Totally. It's at a pet store. Oh, totally. I I can go 100% buy that as Eric genuinely looking for of mice and men at a pet store. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Oh, man. But yes, so uh, he walks away. He's going to he's going to work on all this stuff and Mr. Feeney makes a remark about how he's going to actually make more money than all the rest of them. Yeah. Which is so true. It's Yes, yeah, that is it's, true. That's the reality of the world. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the the Matthews kitchen. Eric's got all the things he needs to study. Yeah. He's got pencils. He's got notebooks. He's got refreshments. You got books? Yep. Yeah, books. <laughs> oh. I just love how Amy's sitting, just standing by the counter. And she's just reading a magazine. He's like, look at me now. She's like, I'll get my camera. <laughs> I love sassy Amy. I've got it written here in my notes. It's just sassy Amy. <laughs> What do I do without your mom? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he left his books at school. He's got to go back to get them. And he comes across. Well, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but um, I'm okay with that. He's going to come across the faculty meeting, which is a poker game. Yes. Just once a week. And, uh, so he's going to make a deal that he's going to sit in on the poker game until he loses, and then he'll go home and study. Yeah. So, which we yeah. should point out for anyone that hasn't actually watched the episode, which again, why aren't you watching the episode before we talk about them? Seriously, but it's the same, people. It's the same teachers that was giving him uh, attitude earlier. It's Feeney, it's Eli, it's Turner, and it's Dr. Sorrell. You know, at this point, right. I'm committed. It's just Eli. I feel I feel more <laughs> better about calling him just straight up Eli. Yeah, he gives me so the vibe we'll come... of really a teacher. If he was teaching today, he would say, "Just call me Eli. I don't care." Oh, yeah, totally. He's he's that kind of teacher. Yeah, so they're gonna play poker. So we'll come back to that. It's five Curry. card stud, by the way. Yeah, five card stud. They're not actually playing for money; just chips. So Corey and Sean are getting ready for the dance. Corey wants Sean to check out these nearly identical shirts and tell him which one's better. And uh, so we're, I'm, I clipped this conversation here, and we're gonna we're gonna listen in. That's the problem, Sean. Everything I own is me. I mean, everything about me is me, and me right now just ain't cutting the Dijon. <laughs> Corey, maybe it's not you. Are you sure everything's cool between you and Topanga? Oh yeah, I love her. She's the best. It's not Topanga. It's it's me. You know what my problem is? I. I don't know what my problem is. Come on, Corey. Let's just go to this party, okay? Come on. Yeah, but dressed like this, no way. So wear something of mine. What do you want, a jacket, a hat? A jacket. I'm very prone to hat heads. Sometimes I get it without even wearing a hat. Sean is, or 
Sean's a good friend. Corey is just, he's not sure what the problem is. He's, Mm -hmm. he knows there's something going on, but he is not quite sure how to verbalize it. Yeah. This does feel like a very 15 problem. Yeah. And Sean is trying to help him how he can. Yeah. And Sean's just, I mean, Sean's along for the ride and Sean's just really, uh, Sean's being a very good friend this episode. He's just there to be there however he can. And mm-hmm. he's willing to roll with roll with it, however it goes. And so we get to Hamilton High. We see a very familiar face at the door. Hamilton. Names. <laughs> yes. But we see a girl named Hillary at the door, played by Mina Savari, who we last yeah. saw. Uh, this is her second of two appearances. We last saw yes. her in. She must have moved from New York. I know. Episode 16 of season two, she was Lauren in Danger Boy, that cousin that uh, Eric's girlfriend did not want Corey to date. So if you want her IMDb listing, go back to season two, episode 16, Dad's Meet Danger Boy. (laughs) Sean has blood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Corey is mistaken as Sean, and the boys roll with it. That's right. Corey initially has a problem with it, but Sean's all for it, and Corey decides to roll with it too. And so we get Corey as Sean. Now, and I'm so, skipping ahead, mm-hmm. but everyone hears about this French girl. Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't all of the girls also be talking about Sean? Like, it's made abundantly clear, like, as Corey and Sean are walking through this school and this dance that mm-hmm. Sean Hunter is here and it's a big deal. Would not the French girl we hear about later hear about the fact that Sean Hunter is at this dance? And, I don't know, be curious why one of her best friends is at another school's dance? Realize that her cover could be blown, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, any of that stuff. I just... I know that the episode has to episode to the episode of point of, of the thing that has to happen, and the joke comes first, but... Are you you willing to call Agubwa? Yes, this is this is total hogwash Agubwa, Brett. (laughs) Oh yeah, it is a it it does take a little bit of a logic leap there to get around that part of it because she would. I mean, she's definitely smart enough to realize that if the French girl is all the buzz, then Sean Hunter, having come from another school. And all of these girls, because Corey dances with three girls at a time at one point, and that's now their dance. And after the initial fiasco of the A, being Fonzie, he gets gets things What was that? Being you. No, that was Fonzie. That was Fonzie. (laughs) I did like that one. But he hits on it finally, and it, pretty quickly. You mean if I, I love- just stand here and lean against the table, <laughs> girls are just gonna come up to me and want to dance? Yeah, just don't do anything at all, and they're just gonna come up to me and say, "Hey, Sean, let's dance," and immediately, "Hey, Sean, let's." Hillary dance. does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wasn't joking about the whole. I'm not gonna be at the uh, door uh, night. at the check-in for too long. Which, yeah. I'm just going to say, at any dance that I went to, it was always a teacher at the door checking people in. It was never a student. Maybe it's an illegal underground rave. 
maybe uh, maybe that's remember. what's happening Brett. is this is actually a rave that no one was I don't remember to know seeing about. any adults in that scene do you oh my gosh Brett someone knows how to do an actual rave at the school that makes sense maybe that's <laughs> let's call it Brett this is officially a rave there we go Bravo Brett <laughs> Bravo bring in the head cannon. There we go. It's a rave. I know. I know you don't like to lean on me to bring in the head cannon for the episodes and making the continuity work. But thank you for that. One. There we go. It's officially I a party. Appreciate it. It's officially it a party be. now. Yep. So it shall All be. Right. So let's Rave leave the party. On. We find out that Eric is just wiping the floor with the teachers. Eric is apparently good at poker. He is. He is just a, a savant. Yes. And uh, he's just, there's no way around it. And we find out that. Uh, All right, Matthews. I'm not saying you're cheating. I'm thinking it really hard, but I'm not saying it. I just need to know for my own peace of mind. Stop with the pleasantries. As principal of John Adams High, I demand to know how you're doing this. You're not the principal. <laughs> You just keep thinking that, George. Uh, oh, boy. Eric's just, we, we find out very quickly that Eric is counting. Eric is a math genius whiz with numbers without realizing it, apparently. Yeah. Because but, <laughs> he pulls a Rain Man. Yeah. And he pulls a Rain Man is, impression. He does. I do appreciate that. But... Counting cards only really works when you're playing with the same deck, quote unquote. Like, counting cards really does not truly work in the sense of every time you get done with a hand, you reshuffle the whole deck and now you're continuing to play. Like, it only works really when you're using like those counter card things. And they're constantly sliding through, sliding through, and then dumping the cards afterwards. Like, mm -hmm. so yes, I get the joke of this that he's counting cards, but it's not possible in the normal sense of counting cards, from my understanding. Agubois, I know a little, but I mean, I'll also say like <laughs> Eric is probably really paying attention to these teachers. Like, he may not pay attention to what they say in class, but he can he knows. Maybe when they're confident with something, when they're not confident with something, and can probably gauge of how how much they want to go in or not. But also, if Eric's getting good cards, Eric's getting good cards. Like, yeah, unless I mean, he's bluffing it, them the, really well. But like, the luck of the deal is is there, and we we I mean we know throughout the series that Eric Eric knows people. Eric can read yeah. people pretty well. So he does. It, I mean, when it comes to poker, the luck of the hand and being able to read people is the bulk of being able to win. Yeah. So. Oh, and you know, and I, and the times I've played poker, there's just sometimes I would get amazing cards and I knew how to play them, and other times I wouldn't get good cards at all. Other times I get great cards and I'd play poorly. So he's just able to play these guys because he knows them probably better than they realize. So, but also Eric has nothing to lose, and they have something to lose. Yep. And so Doctor Sorrell wants to take Eric on a field trip 
to Atlantic City. Um, Mr. Yes. Feeney doesn't want him to. And so Dr. Sorrell quits. And this is why we never see Dr. Sorrell again, because uh, I think no. he might actually have quit there. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because we need a it's nice having a kind of a bad teacher. We need a bad teacher at John Adams High to show up every now and then. I, we needed more Dr. Sorrell. Doesn't have to be in every episode. He can show up a few times a season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we needed well, more Dr. Sorrell. Over the last two years, we've had, we normally have a philosophy challenge, you know. Last, the mm -hmm. first season, a lot of it was, well, this is what my mom and dad say, or this is what dad says, and this is what, you know, Mr. Feeney says. So what do I do with this? How do I handle this? Mm -hmm. And this last year it was, well, this is what Turner says. This is what Feeney says. Who is right? And this year we haven't really had that in the, the adult dynamics. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this like, I don't know how to phrase it, but this episode is the, not this episode. This season is a little more hollow in a way. Cause like, I don't yeah. think it's, it's not challenging intellectually or emotionally the characters, if that makes sense. The closest we came was he said, she said, when the guidance counselor sent Sean off. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it feels like the show is struggling to find a way to have a adult that is not a good influence and ends up pushing the, them to do something they're not ready to understand. And mm -hmm. Sorrell was a good did a good job of that because part of the reason that Corey got such a big head in uh, hometown hero was because of Doctor Sorrell. So, mm -hmm. yep, he treated him like a football player. He did. And you know who the problem is, Brett? The jocks. Yes. <laughs> Although, as we're learning, I think uh, Taylor Swift has realized that the jocks is the way to go. Anyway, bada big bada boom. Did it back again. to the rave. Yes, rave on. Uh, yes, wow, rave we are on. Really going with with quoting the episodes of the past. Yes, we are. We got some weird. Uh, we're going to go back to the back to the party here, and yeah, back uh, to the rave. Corey, Corey is uh, the the thrill of the hunt. He is going to find this uh, this French girl, not to be repeated, especially at a Topanga. But this party and being Sean sure beats shopping for slacks. And mm -hmm. um, I, I have my notes. Uh, it, it, he said it earlier, but um, I have my notes. I, I kind of glossed over it. Corey states, or Sean states that Corey is simply being himself and he isn't doing anything Corey Matthews wouldn't. Now, he's not entirely wrong with the exception of he's dancing and flirting with other girls while he's dating Topanga. But everything else that he's doing is being himself as long as he wasn't dating someone. And so I just thought that was an interesting observation on Sean's part. You're being you. You're just being you as if you weren't tied to someone. Yeah. No, I agree with that completely. He's being his most confident version of himself without mm -hmm. having anything to attach himself to. Yep. So, I mean, one of the things that, we've talked about before when he was dating Wendy and when he first was dating Topanga of girls being interested in him, it's probably just because Corey has had a confidence to him in those time periods that was appealing to some of these girls. Mm -hmm. And right now he doesn't have confidence because he's hit a slump. So he needs to find that confidence again, where he can make fun of the fact of 
hey, underneath this, I'm half naked. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> so Corey is going to commit to the hunt and find this French girl because... First, the French say, Viva Las Vegas! And so he he comes across her from behind. She's talking to this kid named Brent, played by Eric like Egan. <laughs> uh, Eric Egan, let's give him a little credit here. First and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. 36 acting credits to his name, including Empty Nest, Married with Children, the movie Flatliners, Ah, Real Monsters, or Ah, Real Monsters, however you want to pronounce that one. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The X-Files, and more. Corey is stunned when the French girl turns around to discover that dun, 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 it's Topanga. <sighs> and he's hurt and he lashes out to her, uh, at her, and quickly loses any moral high ground he has by accusing her of doing the exact same thing that he himself is doing, going to a party and pretending to be someone else. Yeah. Well, also, it feels like Corey is ready to get into a fight with this kid. Oh, yeah. Because he wants to go dance with his girlfriend. <laughs> He's like, back off. And you, if Corey was a little bit taller, like when he is next season, I think he would have punched that kid. He might have. We, we, I mean, we see Corey has anger issues later on when he and Eric go, oh. but. <laughs> yeah, we do see that he is a raging Corey, if you know what I mean. How many other episode titles can we cram in here in the next? I don't know. With this minutes? bit, I love, I'm enjoying this bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Corey and Topanga so, decide to go outside well, and talk. It doesn't help that the that what's her face comes back. Um, gosh, Rose McGowan's character. I can't remember. Her. Oh, oh yes. yes, she Hillary. returns and says, "Oh, hey, Sean, I've been looking for you." Yeah, she kind of lets the cat out of the bag that Corey's not just there at the party, that he's being Sean. And that really uh, undercuts him and lets yeah. Topanga know that he's doing the same thing so that they really are on the same footing. Yeah. Now, I got to say, Brett, uh, before we get to their conversation, I did yes. listen to um, the Pods Meet World podcast because I was like, hey, maybe Daniel Fischel will be able to say something about this scene and what happened. And I, if you don't listen to that podcast, that's okay. I have to report that there was really nothing said about the actual moment or scene or anything by her, other than the fact that of her watching it separate from being the character, she was sad watching it because she is bought into, as an adult, their relationship. Um, <laughs> I was a little disappointed to not get like, any insight of like, that moment as an actor, you know, trying to do this scene. Cause this is one of the most intense scenes they've had. Um, they'll have harder scenes, you know, in the future, but, mm. but to know, this breaking point. up, yeah. yeah, breaking up for the first time. This is, uh, this is their first true breakup. And this is, you know, for a 15 year old, it's kind of intense. Yeah. Cause they had that one, that one time earlier this season where Corey said, I love you. And Topanga wasn't sure what that meant, but this mm -hmm. is the first real definitive breakup for them. Yes. Yeah. But they go well, outside and talk. Both of them, the way that they talk about this too, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but 
both of them are trying to communicate of like, I'm happy with you, but I'm not happy with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I love you and I care about you, but there's something about me right now that isn't feeling right. Yeah, they both say out loud what they they finally able to verbalize what they've been avoiding saying because they weren't sure how mm -hmm. to put it. And, you know, they're in a rut. They came out because they needed a change. They want to have some fun, and they haven't had that fun. They've been, uh, you know, I clipped at least part of the conversation here, and let's listen to what I've clipped. You know, when you and I started going out, everything was so exciting for me, you know? I mean, like, every day was something different. There's just no mystery anymore. Yeah. And I, I, I see Eric and Sean going on their dates, you know, so psyched, wondering what's going to happen. We've forgotten what that feels like. Yeah. And then, you know, I ask myself how I feel about you, and I feel like I still care about you as much as I always have. You know, and that'll never change. Are we breaking up? I, I don't want to break up. Because when people break up, they always end up hating each other. Well, we're not other people, Topanga. I say we are, but but we could never hate each other, no matter who we are, right? We are breaking up, aren't we? I love that they make it clear they still care about each other. Mm -hmm. And this is also, for two 15-year-olds, this is very mature. It is. They realize that in some ways their relationship has run its course, that they they realize that if they stay together that they could not like each other anymore and they want mm -hmm. to maintain their feelings for each other where they actually like one another. Mhm. Mm yeah. So in a lot well, of ways I mean, it's it's very mature for, for two 15-year-olds. Yeah. Well, and you've over the years have seen plenty of young relationships start and it seems adorable, mm -hmm. and maybe someone who has two L's and a Y at her name is super excited that these two people are dating, but you know that it's going to end <laughs> not very well. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'll even say for some of my relationships that you've seen, like, not, not all of them would always end well or peacefully, and... Um, Unfortunately, breakups are always going to be difficult and hard, and Corey and Topanga both handle this maturely and, and are mm -hmm. able to remain friends afterwards. They are. Um, spoiler. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But they, they need time to grow, and if they were to remain together right now, they would not be able to have the growth they need for, spoiler alert, later on, getting back together. Right. It's not much of a spoiler, good-looking people. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but also, like, do you like how they said that there's not really a whole lot of mystery anymore, and uh, it's like they know each other way too well? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, you've been I with mean... your wife for a few years. Would you say that you know her so well that there's zero mysteries left for the two of you? I would say that I know her well enough that there are times where I know her better than she knows herself. 
And that's a good thing. I would say that, that there are times that she can still surprise me. Oh, I fully believe I'm still learning stuff about my wife every single day. And I think I finally figured her out and then she changes it up. And then I go, you changed the rules. <laughs> um, but no, you, you shouldn't With... feel like you're learned all you can learn in a relationship. I guess no. this is our free free dad advice to anyone out there who's struggling with uh, relationships or dating. You know, if you feel like you've solely 100% figured out somebody and you there's no more mystery to that person, the problem is not them, it is you. Yeah, and that's why I said in a lot of ways it's very mature because seeing that you feel like you're in a rut and the answer being let's be done. That's not always the most mature response either, because feeling like you've just run your course. Now, in some instances, that may be the, the way to go. But at the same time, that's also the easy way out too, because a relationship yep. takes work and it takes pushing because there comes a maturity, especially in a marriage relationship where you will hit spots where you will get into ruts and you will get into tough spots where the test of that relationship is how you fare through the ruts, through the tough spots. And so that's why I say in a lot of ways, they're showing a lot of maturity as 15 year olds. And I think in this instance, that was the right decision. I think that was the mature decision for someone who is married no, I would not. I would not say that was the right decision for someone right. who is in a different life situation. Maybe, maybe not. But in this instance, yes, this was a very mature decision for these two fifteen-year-olds. Mm -hmm. I mean, to quote Mister Williams, they needed to find their truth, and they found it. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that they're too young to have the seriousness of their relationship, and. They need time. Yep. Good Give them six months. 15 years old. 15 years old. The odds of you finding your life partner at 15 years old is so insignificant statistically that I wouldn't put any weight into it. <laughs> I would not yeah. bet on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like, Brett, how the episode... You know, it's about it's about to go to the the closing, but uh, Topanga runs back and says, "Corey, I think we made a," and then she walks mm -hmm. away. And Corey runs yeah. back, Topanga, I think we should, and then walks back mm -hmm. away. Don't think we made the right. Yes, mm -hmm. and we and end then, with Corey just sitting by himself on the bench. And then it goes to the tag, and instead of having a joke this go around, it's a. A little bit of a montage of moments mm -hmm. between the two of them and some sad music playing behind them. And mm -hmm. you, you, you're feeling more than you know. Well, it's I, I what I like about this is putting into context, not just the few months of them dating, but it's within the, the scope of the three seasons thus far of this mm -hmm. relationship we've seen build. It's, it's this friendship, this natural chemistry, but A, between the two actors, 
that was able mm-hmm. to spawn such this great mo- these great moments with these two characters. And they really struck lightning in a bottle when they took they hired Topanga on for the one episode she was supposed to be here for. Mm-hmm. Like truly the the chemistry between the two actors and the two characters is just so incredible and it is something that is special. And it is. It's very confusing, I think, for the two characters because to have such a love and passion for someone at such a young age is difficult to communicate, Indeed. which is why it's best for them to break up right now, which is mm-hmm. sad but true. So, Indeed. Do you, wanna, do you have any last thoughts, Brad, about their breakup or relationships? I do not. I think we can call that an episode... And we can so. move on to your, uh, if I can it's emotional see emotional damage. Here. Vast emotional damage. <laughs> no, we can move on to. People, 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 people. <laughs> Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Deep Let's start, list. Brett, with the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, the Super Bowl takes place almost a full month after this episode has already aired, like 20-ish days. Um, This is Super Bowl XXX, which was played by the Dallas Cowboys from the NFC, and from the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys destroyed the Steelers 27-17. Um... Sorry. That was a bad uh, year. The Cowboys became the fifth team to win, uh, uh, the second team to win five Super Bowls. Um, game was played on January 28th, 1996. But do they have six? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Did the Steelers, did the referees give them a Super Bowl and then oh, don't start get a miraculous that. catch? Two miraculous catches to get another one. Yeah. Anywho, Brett, uh, was played at Sun Devil Stadium in uh, Tempe, Arizona. MVP was Larry Brown. Um, Some famous players from this game. Um, uh, Players of DeMonte Dawson, Kevin Green, and Rod Woodson. There's mm-hmm. another Steelers player you'd like to mention now, Brett. Feel free to. Oh no, go ahead. No, I just that's all the only players I see listed, so I didn't know if you had another one you wanted to mention. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Uh Bill Collar was the coach. Dan Rooney is the owner. Uh Jerry Jones was the owner of the Cowboys at the time. Uh Still Troy is. Aikman. <laughs> yeah. It was like the one of the first times that he was there. Um, but Troy Aikman, Larry Allen, Charles uh, Haley, I, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, and Emmett Smith were uh, the big-time players from this game. Uh, Vanessa Williams sang the national anthem. Joe Montana did the uh, coin toss. And Diana Ross played the uh, halftime show. The Nielsen ratings, Brett, for this game... Mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, 4.6, an estimated 94.08 million viewers. 
That's a bit more than 19 million. <laughs> yeah, just 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 a tidbit. You know, so I mean the the Steelers and the Cowboys have had a rivalry over the years and this just kind of adds to it, Brett. Mhm. Um so again, this that the Super Bowl episode, quote unquote, played before the Super Bowl, which is why I thought it was strange that they mentioned that it was Super Bowl Sunday, but I digress. Uh, Some of the big rom-coms from 1995, though, because we're going with 1995, because that's the year we just closed with, because they're calling it a classic, so maybe one of these uh, movies they're watching. It wasn't, but let's just go with it. Uh, One of the movies they could have been watching, Brett, was While You Were Sleeping. Now there was nine months. Now there was The American Present. I will say, I saw part of that movie, and it does, uh, it's pretty good. I need to watch the whole thing, though. Uh, French Kiss, Forgetting Paris, Sabrina, as in the uh, prequel, basically move prequel movie to uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Uh, Grumblers, Old Men. Grumpy Old Men. Oh, Grumpier Old Men. IQ, Bye Bye Love, Speechless, Miami, uh, Rhapsody, Jeffrey, A Month by the Lake. The Swan Princess, that's the, uh, I believe that's the cartoon version. Party Girl, uh, pro- Pyromantic Love Story. Pyromaniac Love Story. Yeah. yeah I know that. Uh, Bar Girls and Milk Money. Those were the 18, apparently, rom-coms from that time period. Uh, ta-da. So they mentioned about the uh, French girl. And so I was curious, Brett, of when this student exchange program began. And I got a couple of different uh, dates. Basically, from what I saw, Brett, is that in the 50s, um, the U.S. started to send over to um, to European countries um, to gain experience uh, in Europe. But then also in the 60s, they they truly developed, I think it was like 61 was what I saw. They start, they actually developed a program to send an American student out and then also bring back um, students from other countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my school did the foreign exchange student program. We didn't always yep. send students, but we would receive students almost yep. every year of high school. Um, we would always get at least one student from Germany and, um, from a couple other different schools as well, we would get one. Um, one we got from Ukraine, who is a terrific person, and I, I'm still praying that she and her family are doing okay with everything going mm-hmm. on in Ukraine. Um, she doesn't post a whole lot, um, but probably for good reason. Definitely. But you know, we're still praying for her and hope that she's doing good. Just mm-hmm. know that our her people from America still love her and care about her and her family. Um, let's talk about the, the title of the episode real quick, Brett. Um, the grass is green. Um, this is a common phrase used, um, to describe in a way of, uh, that something could be better if it's not right in front of you. You know, the grass is greener. Uh, the, the ending of that is on the other side. So essentially, mm-hmm. Uh, for say a farm animal, they may be eating grass right here, right in front of them. But you know, 
off at the distance. Uh, the, the grass they may be seeing, you know, it might be a little nicer. So they may want to wander that way to go eat from there. And, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship and, you know, you enjoy your partner, but you see another beautiful person out there, you may go, well, I wonder what I, what I could find out when I go over there. But uh, it's kind of a horrible way to look at it like that. And uh, not really a huge fan of this phrasing. Because <laughs> um, it may look greener, but uh, guess what? It's not. <laughs> it's sometimes the same. it's greener because it's painted. Yes. Sometimes it's greener because it's made to look nicer. Now, uh, I don't know about you, Brett, but I noticed that uh, the two schools in question of John Adams High and uh, Hamilton High, uh, I think, are referencing uh, the two founding fathers, John Adams, of course, mm -hmm. and uh, Alexander Hamilton, yep. which, uh, good-looking people, here's the, the gist of it. Uh, these two men did not like each other. Um, <laughs> you know, let's just take this moment to say a lot of the founding fathers did not like each other. Uh, a lot of them were egotistical and had their own desire for what things should look like and had no problem stating what they felt and, and what they thought things should look like. Um, a lot of them would rally around, say, Washington and say, hey, as long as Washington is okay with something, technically that's good enough for us. Um, but, yeah, Hamilton and Adams had a very fierce hatred towards one another. Uh, I think Hamilton normally thought that Adams was too passive and, and was unwilling to be aggressive. And uh, uh, likewise, Ham or Adams... Or, uh, yeah, Adams thought that Hamilton was way too brash and way too willing to uh, get blood on his hands, for lack of better wording. So, mm -hmm. uh, the, the uh, a lot of it came down to ideology with these two, I think, and and that's where their disagreements and frustration and hatred would come from each other. But also, they would write bad things about each other as well. So mm -hmm. that doesn't <laughs> help. Um, Not at all. Yeah, but while uh, John Adams was vice president, um, he wasn't too pleased with uh, Adam Hamilton, who was really close with Washington. And once uh, John Adams was elected president, uh, he didn't think Hamilton needed to be uh, secretary of uh, the Treasury anymore. So um, it kind of ended Hamilton's political career for a little bit there. But uh, don't worry, Hamilton was still a, a rich... Rich founding father, so he had plenty of sway in the uh, community, even with his uh, scandals. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, this is my fun little tangent on the founding fathers. So, anywho, uh, next we get to Of Mice and Men, Brett, uh, which is a play uh, from John Steenbeck in 1973. Uh, there's a novel of the same name. The play was... Uh, Tony Award winner and a Dramatic Desk Award uh, earned in 1987 for the New York Drama Circuit uh, Best Play. It follows the story of two men who work together as uh, young farmhands and uh, simple folk who uh, keep each other out of trouble and uh, have to deal with their relationship as time progresses on. 
interesting uh, that this is uh, used. Um, I've never actually read the play or um, probably seen whatever movies have been adapted and or put to screen of this. Um, but yeah, that is Of Mice and Men. Uh, John of Arc, just to give a quick thing about that. Okay. Uh, from 1412 to 1431 is a patron saint of France honored as a defender of the French nation for her role in the siege of Orleans and her insistence on insistence on coronation of Charles VII of France during the Hundred, Hundred Year War Claiming to be acting under divine guidance, she became a military leader who transcended gender roles and gained recognition as a savior of French. So apparently, real-life person who was very important in military, and she was a woman. How dare she? This sounds like Mulan to me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one of the reasons why I was pulling this up is because I don't actually know that much about it. So, um, the other thing that was mentioned was the Fonz. Corey goes, "Hey," he goes, "What was that? I was doing you. No, you were doing Fonzie." Um, <laughs> Arthur Herbert, Herbert Fonzarelli, also known as Fonzie or the Fonz, is a fictional character played by Henry Winkle. By far, one of America's greatest treasures, and everyone needs to protect that man. We need to have him at least 20 more years. Um, originally a secondary character who was uh, positioned as a lead character when he began to surpass the uh, other characters in popularity um, from the show um, he was on, the show... Um, why is that not popping up? Happy Days. Sorry. From the show Happy Days, uh, by far one of the most memorable characters from that show. And honestly, in pop culture still remains even to this day. You can say the Fonz and kids know who that is, which is crazy. Yes, uh, another thing that was popped up was Rain Man. Uh, Rain Man is a uh, road comedy drama uh, starring Dennis Hoffman and uh, Tom Cruise. And it's about two guys who realize that they are brothers. And one of them, played by Dennis uh, Hoffman, is a son with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And Tom Cruise doesn't really know how to handle this uh, situation and makes really poor choices. But also learns that his brother is able to uh, count cards and is a whiz math when it... Or, is a savant when it comes to certain elements of life. And so it becomes quite useful to him in gaining money and power. So it's honestly, it's not a bad movie and it's quite lighthearted and makes you feel good at the end. But you know, quite a few times you'd think, man, this Tom Cruise character that he's playing is not a good guy. <laughs> uh, as I said before, uh, the guys are playing five card stud. Uh, it's a, actually originated during the American Civil War, uh, but is less commonly played today than many other uh, popular poker games, such as uh, Texas Hold'em. It is still a popular game in parts of the world, especially in Finland, uh, where a specific 
variant of five cards stud called uh, Soko, also known as Canadian stud, where Scandinavian stud is played. Hmm. Apparently, the Soko means I check, which is interesting. Hmm. And last but not least, Brett, um, Feeney says, you know, someday he's going to have more money than us. The medium uh, salaries for teachers in Pennsylvania as of today is uh, 57000 while the medium or the uh, salaries for U.S. Senators, which eventually Eric is elected a U.S. Senator because Disney Channel Magic uh, is 174000 uh, which has been in place since uh, 2009. Also, for reference, uh, anytime the government goes into shutdown, Senators and Congress people still get paid. Just an FYI, not a big deal, but just letting the people know that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, Eric does officially make more money than them, but also not to mention senators can, can politicians can do a lot with their monies and make a lot more money. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a whole topic that we don't have time for Brett. Cause all it's going to do is make us all angry. Yeah. So I think we should uh, move on to what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? <laughs> that felt good. Tyler, what did you learn today from the grass is always greener? <laughs> I learned that if I am letting my child double date with my wife and I two days in a row... During one of those double dates, I need to ask, is everything okay in your relationship? Ooh, good. And if my child, my if another child of mine, fireman carries my other child out of the room so they can have a private conversation, I need to know, what did they talk about? <laughs> because I'm just going to say it, as much as I love Alan and Amy... They should have seen signs that something was wrong. They shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Young people should not be spending that much time with parents of of their boyfriend girlfriends than as much as they are with themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in one of my relationships, and only one of my relationships, did I actually spend a significant amount of time with one of of uh, the parents of one of my uh, girlfriends. But I was also spending time with brother of sister a girlfriend as well and it was like a whole collective thing and so it'd be like hey i have this movie i want to watch do you guys want to watch it with us sure you know but it was never a, you know just me girlfriend and girlfriend's mom hanging out mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's just there's certain weirdness to this episode that i don't know why they put this this lack of attention on parents. But for me, Tyler, who is real life father to boys, I'm going to be asking these questions when they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. I learned that uh, I'll go with the other kid. I learned that if my kid is, uh, you know, leaving books at school to study, 
I might need to be stepping in to help them figure out some better study habits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got some high schoolers in our house and, you know, learning study, learning good study habits is a very important thing and it can help you a lot. So, uh, you know, I'll go the other way. If, if my high schooler is sitting at the table and realizes they forgot their books at school, I might need to step in and help them a little bit more to get a better handle on their schoolwork. Well, I'll do you one better. One better, Brett. Well, I'll do you one better, Brett. Um, when I was in high school, we were encouraged not to take our books home. And I think at mm -hmm. this point, if I am told by my son, the teacher just said, don't bring the books home, leave them in the, the locker. I'm going to tell him, no, you bring your books home because if you go to college, you got to travel with your books. So figure that out now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's just little things about, you know, actually learning how to read the books and all that mm -hmm. jazz that will come in handy someday. So the sooner they can practice those things, the better off they're going to be. So, yep. gosh, I'm fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's... Uh... I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? Let's put a grade on this episode. Tyler, what do you think? Can you give your grade first? Yes. I'm going to go with an A. Um, a little bit of that agubwa is, is a little bit too much for me to give it a solid A+. Plus. But there's enough of it there for me to go ahead and give it a solid A. Um, we've got Tyler. Or Tyler. <laughs> We've got Corey and Topanga. <laughs> you got Tyler breaking up with his girlfriend. <laughs> We've got Corey and Topanga <laughs> being mature and coming to a realization on their own. We've got Sean being a good friend. We've got Eric with a solid B plot that's enjoyable. And we've got just a, a, a very enjoyable episode with a lot of heart to it. Um, we've got some Agubwa moments, but... Overall, we've got a very good, solid episode that is highly rewatchable, and you can gather, you can get a lot from. So I'm giving it a solid A. Nice. I'm going to go with an A minus. Um, mm -hmm. I agree with everything you said, except for I need a little bit less. So A minus. Uh, a solid episode, and I'll watch it again. And I especially mm -hmm. love the Eric storyline. Like I think it does perfectly. Of bringing that balance to the show of the complete goofiness in mixed with the kind of seriousness of Corey and Topanga's relationship falling apart in front of our eyes. Um, but also like really in a way, Corey and Topanga were kind of fine with their situation. And I think they would have naturally had a conversation like, are we doing something wrong? But they needed time to do that. And I feel like Corey and Sean kind of antagonized him a little bit to force him out the door to go be someone else. If that makes sense. Like Eric really put it in his head of there's something wrong with your relationship. There's something wrong with you and not just leaving him be to learn that on his own. Um, Cause honestly, you know, just projecting a little bit, I think Topanga would have gone to the dance, would have gotten flirted with, and would have had a fun time. 
but gotten done and been like, as great as it was having guys flirt with me, I'd much rather be with Corey on the couch or making jam. And I think they would have had a hard conversation about, hey, I went out and I was flirting, boys were flirting with me, and I realized I want to be here with you. Is that what you want, too? I mean, but again, they handled it well, and it was a good moment. I think it just, it gets detracted from me a little bit, because it feels like Corey was forced into this situation rather than actually wanting to go this way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, well, good episode still. And also, mm-hmm. I wish there was Alan. I would have missed Alan. I would have loved some Alan in this episode, yes. And the he, Corey, this is one of those moments where he really needed an adult. Find an adult, Corey. Go talk to somebody. I need an adult. I need an adult. <laughs> yes. Well, I uh, I owe you a dad joke before we head out. And I, I did. You do. Marked, I had it marked as an A- minus before our conversation, but I bumped it up to an A. So. Nice. I like that. So. Uh, I was out I, in the. I like I, the fact I, that our conversation will affect our grades, and that's one of the reasons I, I want you to go first. So, yes. Sorry, go ahead. So uh, I, I I threw a ball for my dog yesterday. It was a little extravagant, but it looks good in a tuxedo. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so that's it for us this week, good-looking people. We thank you for your podcast allegiance and for checking us out again. And we hope you check us out next time and check us out online on our social media profiles. Dad's Meat yeah. World at Dad's Meat World. Twitter, yeah. X, Facebook, yeah. YouTube, Instagram. Yeah. We're active yeah. on all of them. We'll yeah. respond. We put stuff up yeah. all the time. We're, we're yeah, putting we videos and pictures and posts up. Yeah. And send us an email, dadsmeetworld at gmail.com. Tyler will respond yeah. to you. <laughs> we want to hear from you. I think it's time for us to run another another contest for a shirt or something. I think it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll throw it out there, Brett. We need a total of five emails sent to us. And I think the one that makes us giggle the most... We'll send a t-shirt too. All right. Sounds We're not going to do it until we get five. So we got to have five. So if you want to have three of your friends send us an email, gotta make us giggle. We'll read them on lo- uh, on air, and then we'll tell you which one we like the most, and then we'll send you a t-shirt. All right, five of them. <laughs> five. Of them. Gotta have five. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. Tyler, until next time, I'll see you good looking. To you, good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Moment he is trying to. Pang, spent the last three. Yeah. Okay, we need to move off of that. I don't know. We did pops. (laughs) You made jam. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I get a hat there even without wearing a hat. (laughs) Wearing a hat. (laughs) 
I wasn't sure if oh, we even like to say yeah. words here and there, so that way uh, where the copyright doesn't get all claimy <laughs> on us. But yeah, I just I just say like I'm the problem. Uh, all I can think is Taylor Swift's song. Oh, she's the problem. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Hey, I'm those T Swift at the Kansas City Chiefs game last week. They didn't play too good. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, we got through a whole episode last week without you mentioning Taylor Swift. And here we go. Hey, it's it's relevant. Everybody's talking about it, Brett. Let's just be like everybody else. Oh, yeah. So here we go. They're getting 